Welcome to the BASAC View. We are the Battlefords and Area Sexual Assault Center, and this is an educational podcast about consent, self-healing, and keeping yourself safe. Join Kayla and Michelle as they maneuver their way into all the topics you hate talking to your kids about. Sex, puberty, body safety, growing up, and most importantly, the power in no. Because consent is mandatory. Hi, you guys, and welcome to episode 14 of the BASAC View. My name is Kayla, and with me, as per usual, is my buddy, Michelle. Michelle, how are you on this beautiful sunny day? I am doing awesome. It is such a beautiful day out there, and you know what? I'm glad to be here. Good. That's the answer I was looking for. So I just wanted to remind our listeners that Sad Face, unfortunately, this is our last episode before we take our summer hiatus. Uh, But don't be too upset because we will be back in the fall. Can't get rid of us that easily. No way. This is (laughs) just the end of season one, let's call it. Okay, so season two, like I said, will be back in the fall. Well, that's what most professionals do. We're professionals. (laughs) Okay, Michelle, do you want to let everyone know what's on the table today? What's on the agenda? All right. So, you know, one of the topics that we talk so much about in our programming as the basic outreach team is consent and boundaries. Yeah. And we, it's so vital to teach our children that. I know that we've touched on it a few times, actually, just in general speak, talking about, you know, asking permission before touching someone, that no means no, and so on. But I th- I kind of thought we should dive into that just a little deeper. Because for one, at my age, you know, I really had no concept of creating those boundaries for myself as a young woman, as a girl, That's not something we ever talked about. Mm -hmm. And I do know so many women who are in that same boat. Absolutely. Again, we weren't taught it. Not in the way that we speak of it now. And it was, you know, maybe it's generational. Who knows? But thank you, evolution. And thank you, the brave souls who have stepped up in recent years and showed us that it really is okay to set boundaries. Why do you think women and and men, for that matter, have struggles and challenges in setting up boundaries for themselves? Well, I think there's a I think there's a slew of reasons. Yeah, let's get into them. Maybe because people have powered over them in the past. Mm-hmm. Of course, it can be the past issue. Maybe they have had some pretty like what do they call them? Helicopter parents who wouldn't let them have any say in their own lives right. and making decisions in their own lives. Maybe they've had some pretty traumatic experiences that just simply left them feeling powerless at the end of the day. Maybe someone shushed them over and over again, silenced them, breaking down that self-esteem and that self-confidence. That's a big one. It could be past sexual abuse, of course. Emotional abuse, mental abuse, physical abuse, neglect. Or just how their familial situation was. They were quiet, shy, introverted, didn't make a stink, so to speak, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Everyone's hush-hush in this family. It could be many reasons, like I said, that's for sure. And for some, it's a challenge. And it's actually really scary to step up and set Mm -hmm. those boundaries. 
especially if you have people actively trying to knock them down, knock you down in the process. Right, which happens. And you know, one of the things that I teach in my women's um, um, empowerment classes is that people treat us the way they do because we allow it, right? Which is true, which is absolutely Mm. true. But sometimes we don't understand that we have the power to speak up for ourselves. What a concept. That's a hard concept for a lot of people, a lot of women specifically. It really is. Right? To say, uh, excuse me, it's unacceptable to treat me that way or to speak to me in that way. Don't say I'm sorry, right? (laughs) Don't apologize for someone else's behavior. That's a hard concept for people to comprehend. Right. Especially as women we apologize like 200 times a day totally and i think men apologize like twice a year right (laughs) Right? it's just kind of a woman thing and so instead of saying that i'm sorry you don't get to treat me that way it's like no excuse me you don't get to treat me that way absolutely you have every right to say that yeah we you know we may not really understand um why people don't speak up but we also have to realize that it might be very dangerous for people to speak up for themselves you know because some people are just in that situation right absolutely so it's easier to say safe it's easier to to just you know be a little submissive yeah yeah yeah, than it is to be powered over for sure yeah so michelle what exactly is the definition of a boundary let's get into it let's get specific So in our programming, you know, with schools and organizations, we define boundary really as that invisible line around you. It's what separates you from other people. So basically the line between what you're comfortable with and what you are uncomfortable with, what is acceptable and what is unacceptable for you, for you. And when we have those boundaries set in place, they not only help our physical safety, but it also helps our emotional well-being. Exactly. So let's get into some examples of healthy versus unhealthy boundaries. Now, you guys, this is coming straight from our boundaries and consent presentation that we present to high school students and elementary school mm-hmm. students. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, Michelle, I'm going to go through the healthy boundary examples if you want to go through the unhealthy boundary examples. Got it. Okay. So, healthy boundary. Of course, we say it all the time. Asking a person before touching them. Exactly. Uh, The unhealthy boundary to that is touching a person without asking. Of course. It just seems so rude. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Healthy boundary. Having appropriate trust, right? Accepting people regardless of their social status, their race, their religious background, so on and so forth. Mm. The unhealthy side of that is trusting no one or trusting everyone. It's kind of like a black and white thinking. There's no gray area in there. Right. Healthy boundary. Deciding whether a potential relationship will be good for you instead of just diving in. The unhealthy side of that is falling in love with anyone who reaches out. And, you know, sometimes we are so desperate to have somebody love us that anybody who reaches out, we just cling on to them right away. And that's not, that's not healthy. Absolutely. Another healthy boundary, knowing who you are as a person and what you want in life and Mm -hmm. being confident in that. Mm -hmm. And that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. That's a lifelong, (laughs) that's a lifelong one. The unhealthy side of that is letting others define you. So do you remember that show um, with Julia Roberts? Um, she's Runaway Bride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah. she, she, whatever person she was dating at the time, 
how they liked her eggs was how she liked her eggs, right? Yeah. Those were her favorite kind of thing. And that I always think about that is, is, you know, is there any place in my world that I've switched my likes and dislikes, you know, depending on who I was with? I mean, you do, right? You, you do, but I'm not going to pretend to eat. I don't know, poached eggs if you don't like I don't them. like them. Right. right? That but, chameleon mindset, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So letting others define you is not really that healthy. So another healthy boundary, becoming your own caregiver, that independence, right? Being mm-hmm. independent. Mm-hmm. And the unhealthy side of that is falling apart. So someone will take care of you. And I know a lot of people who do this, mm-hmm. right? We that's how we that's how we get our attention. That's how we get people to to notice us and pay attention to attention to us right is falling apart and the last healthy boundary example trusting your own decisions trusting in your ability to make decisions the hard decisions yeah and you know unhealthy to that is letting others direct your life and and without you questioning that that's that's a red flag and i know sometimes it really is easy to just let somebody else tell you what to do someone else make the decisions for you but I mean, that is not healthy. That is not necessarily safe. That is, that is, how do you grow? How do you advance? How do you, how do you be you when you don't have a say in what you believe in or what you do or, you know, what movies you watch or, you know, any of that. And you say it all the time, Michelle, but when you let people have that much power over you, you're literally teaching that person how to treat you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's it's powerful. True. All right. So, so much of this boils down to respect as well. And I think that is, I think that's just a little bit lost in the world of online, online trolls and keyboard warriors, right? That respect factor. It's really easy now for people to hurt. It's really easy for people to be unkind. It's really easy to be totally disrespectful hiding behind that screen. Like I, I really feel like respect is something that, um, we as a society really need to work on. So asking the important questions over here, how can we teach someone to even respect our boundaries? We, you know, I think a big way of doing that is Um, learning how to respond to people. Mm -hmm. And that is something that we teach in our programming as well. So why don't we do a couple of those here? Let's do it. Okay. So again, this is from our boundaries and consent presentation that we do in the school. So Michelle, I'm going to go through the not a boundary examples. Mm -hmm. If you want to do the boundary examples. Okay. Okay. Because I'm really good at being saucy in these scenarios. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Not a boundary. Michelle, there's something wrong with you and I'm not taking it anymore. So the boundary to that is if you continue to yell and not allow me to speak, I won't be communicating with you anymore. And I want you guys to notice the eyes in there Mm -hmm. and Michelle's eyes, right? I'm Mm -hmm. accusing. I'm pointing at her. Mm -hmm. She's taking accountability for her actions, right? And this is what's going to happen if you do not continue to respect me. I will not be communicating with you. Right. Right. So another example, not a boundary. Michelle, I'm not a superhero. I can't do everything. What don't you understand? So the boundary side to that is, Kayla, going forward, I won't be able to have dinner ready on Fridays with my schedule. Right? I'm not getting defensive, uh, you know, and I'm not accusing anybody. I'm just saying, 
I, this isn't working for me. I can't do this anymore. So I'm not going to be able to have this prepared for us for Friday. Yep. And that's yeah. fair. That's fair. It's totally fair. Yeah. Okay. Instead of saying, I'm not a superhero. I can't do everything. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of the instinct. Sometimes we just want to fight back, right? Yeah. Okay. Our last example, not a boundary. If this happens one more time, I'm done. You'll see. That ultimatum. Ooh, right? it's kind of a threat. Yeah kind of a threat so a boundary a nicer way to say that one that takes that threat away is i feel very hurt when you don't consider me in making decisions i will need to be included in making them going forward Mm. and again we're not really placing any blame we're just saying this isn't working for me right and if we want if we want it to work for me this is what needs to happen absolutely so you guys setting boundaries it's hard okay there's no doubt about that because we don't want to hurt people's feelings or start a confrontation who likes confrontation yeah but being someone's doormat or someone's punching bag that's kind of hard too in my opinion Mm -hmm. kind of harder very hard and sometimes you just have to choose your hard sometimes you got to choose your hard and i say that for a lot of things i mean because life is hard right so sometimes you got to choose your hard and Something I learned from my teachings with Sarah Bender is that most women specifically talk from their throats. And there's a reason I'm bringing that up because we want to be nicey-nice, right? We want to be the good girls. We don't want to hurt feelings. So we're taught to be quiet, right? But then do people listen to you? I've, I've heard so many women say, no one listens to me, my kids, my husband, my peers, my coworkers. That's because most women speak from their throat, right? They speak from from their throat. And it's a frequency that does not demand respect. It kind of seems, you know, it kind of seems like it's weak or unimportant, which makes you look weak or unimportant. And most people don't even hear it. It kind of reminds me, have you ever like shaken somebody's hand and they have a really (laughs) poor, wimpy handshake? That's kind of what it's like. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So... You know, and again, this is something that I teach in women's empowerment. What's the voice you use if someone was hurting your child or someone you love, Mm. right? You're not going to say, hey, let go. You need to let go. Please let go of my child. Or are you okay? You know, you're not going to talk from that upper, upper voice, right? What's the voice you use when you've asked your kid five times to take out the garbage and he doesn't, right? So it's like, honey, take out the garbage. Hey, take out the garbage. <laughs> it's going to be, hey, take out the garbage. Right. Right? That's the voice people hear. And it comes from your stomach, not from your throat. It's strong. It's forceful when it needs to be. And it does demand that respect, that attention, and that action if need be. Need be. And I think our listeners need to remember that it doesn't have to be loud all the time or in someone's face no. all the time. You can whisper and still demand that respect. Mm-hmm. Speak from your stomach, like you said. See how it changes things. It's really powerful. It's something that I've taught in my yoga classes too. So it's not what people sign up for typically in a yoga class, but mine's a little bit different. So it's important that we need to take that or that we take that control and that we get strong in all ways. And it's important that we have that voice when we need to. And to have others listen to it, um, you know, 
it's such a it's it's such a strong way to set that boundary just with that tone of voice right it's very interesting you know love shouldn't hurt <laughs> and it's really sad when it does and we again teach people how to love us yeah very well said So, Michelle, let's go through some red flags for people to realize that the relationship they're in might not be the most healthy. Okay. Okay? Let's go through signs that you may be in a toxic relationship. Right. And I mean, I think most people do know, but let's touch on these a little bit. So the first one would be control issues. So your partner is always right and must have their own way. You often find yourself complying because keeping the peace is easier Mm. and safer Mm. and calmer, right? So, yeah. Second one, communication problems. Whenever you have a concern or maybe a different opinion, you're usually met with anger or manipulation. Mm -hmm. Okay, you don't Mm -hmm. have that support on your side like you should. Right, yep. Walking on eggshells. I kind of know this one. (laughs) Um, Because of their energy or their words or their behavior, you constantly find yourself walking around on eggshells. And that is not a fun place to be. It just sounds exhausting. Because you can't be your true authentic self around somebody when you're Mm -hmm. walking around on eggshells Mm -hmm. constantly around them. Yeah. And the fourth sign, you guys, you're the bad guy. You've been made to feel that all of the problems and issues in the relationship lie with you and your misunderstanding of things. There's, it's, it's a one-way street. You're yeah. the issue. There's yeah. not a lot of accountability on the other end. Yeah. And that just goes back to what, how we were talking for the healthy relationships. You, 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 you're the reason, you're the reason, you're the reason, right? There, there's totally a cycle to abuse, totally a cycle. Yeah, and a lot of abusive relationships have a cycle. Mm-hmm. And look, it typically this is what those abusive look, relationships typically look like. So usually we have the explosion, mm-hmm. right? And then we move after the fight into that honeymoon phase, that I'm sorry phase. Maybe some flowers are brought into the relationship. Yep. Everything's fine and dandy. We go through a calm period doesn't last long though that tension does eventually start to build again and then there we go with the explosion and we're rinsing and repeating yeah yeah from from explosion to honeymoon to calm to tension to explosion to honeymoon to calm you know like you said before it gets exhausting sounds exhausting and you know usually in a relationship there's there's red flags that show up but sometimes we just want to be loved so desperately that we accept it right we overlook it we make exceptions we lose our boundaries if if we had any to begin with right we we become a little bit naive and because we want to be loved so desperately and i have talked to many people who said being with him or her the person who's hurting them is better than being alone and i mean that makes me so sad but i understand it too so the thing that we teach that goes along with boundaries is consent. Yeah. So, Michelle, let's touch on that a little bit. Okay. 
you know, and I'm not sure that it's something that everyone knows, but it's definitely something that we should be teaching our children for sure. So how specifically, how do we define consent in terms of sexual consent? Well, sexual consent means giving permission through words or actions to sexual activity. And I mean, this is something we're talking about because we are the sexual assault center. Absolutely. So this can range from sexual touching, such as kissing, all the way to sexual intercourse. And one of the things that we stress in our programming is that just because someone doesn't say no to something does not mean that they have said yes. Exactly. And that consenting to one thing does not mean the person consented to everything. And also it doesn't mean that they consent to it happening again in the future. Exactly. Right. You know, I love the posters that we have here. Um, And so they say there's a variation of of what they say but um they all say just because we danced close made out went back to your place texted sexted or messaged all night doesn't mean i owe you at all powerful doesn't mean i owe you And that is something we need to say, something we need to talk about over and over again, because I know that trips a lot of people up because, you know, they think, well, I did that one thing that one time and now I'm expected to do it over and over again. Right. And that's not how it works, you guys. Nope. You are not expected to do it over again. The lines of boundaries, which we talked about earlier, and the lines of consent are very flexible. And we can move those lines wherever we need them to be. And it's up to the other party to respect that. And that is why we go into schools and teach this stuff at a very young age. So I think this is a really good time to get into the guidelines to consent in Canada. Uh, The age of consent, Mm -hmm. which is a big shining part of our programming quite frankly is going through the age of consent right so i'm going to go through it just for our listeners in case they do not know which i know a lot of people actually don't know this that's right because it's that's a little complicated in canada so you guys in canada you have to be 16 years old to be able to legally agree to sexual activity okay this is called of course the age of consent so If there is a child under 12 years old, they can never, I mean never, consent to sexual activity, okay? They are a child. No person under 12 is able to consent to sexual activity. No ifs, ands, or buts. Now this is where it gets a little dicey, okay? So 12 or 13 year olds, they can sometimes consent, but only if the age difference is less than two years, So a 13-year-old can have sex with a 15-year-old, but they cannot have sex with a 16-year-old, okay? Has to be that two years, less a day, two years age gap. I don't want my 12 or 13-year-old having sex. I know, and we, I always (laughs) like to say this when we're talking about the age of consent, especially with our elementary kids, that just because it is the law doesn't mean you should be having mm-hmm. sex at 12 or 13 years old, okay? Right. Or 14 or 15 or 16. You should only be having sex when you are ready yeah. to have sex. And mature enough. And mature enough. And you're mm-hmm. doing it in your own free will and you're not feeling, feeling pressured, okay? Right. I always like to give that spiel. So 14 and 15 year olds, they too can sometimes consent, 
but only if the age difference is less than five years, okay? So a 15-year-old can legally consent to having sex with a 20-year-old, but they cannot legally have sex with a 21-year-old. That's still such a big gap, isn't it? It's a huge gap because a 15-year-old and a 20-year-old are in such different parts of their life, in my opinion. Like, that's just big difference. But listen, we're in Canada. Yeah. And 16 years old. If you're 16 years old or older... You can sometimes consent, but there are exceptions to this, okay? And we're going to get into it. And lastly, 18-year-olds, can they consent? Yes, of course. Yes. You are a legal adult at 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get into those exceptions to consent for a person 16 years and older, okay? So like I mentioned, at age 16, you are able to consent to sexual activity, but not... If the other person is in a position of trust or authority over you, okay? Mm -hmm. So an example of that would be a teacher, a coach, an employer, a youth worker, somebody who is in a position of authority over you. You, at 16, you're able to consent to sex, but not if the relationship is exploitative, okay? An example of that would be prostitution or if there's like a big, significant Mm -hmm. difference in age, Mm -hmm. Okay. And the third exception, a 16 year old is able to consent to sex, but not if they are dependent on the other person in some way. And an example of that would be if they're relying on that person for food or for shelter to take care of them, a caregiver would be a good example of Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And again, it's really important because not everybody knows this stuff. Totally. Right. Yeah. And I mean... It's something that we should all know, and it's something that we should be teaching our kids. So just to clarify, once again, the repetitive queens over here. (laughs) Michelle, flirting is not consent. Correct. Silence is not consent. Correct. But we've had sex before is not consent. Absolutely correct. And another thing to point out, too, if the person is not sober... They cannot consent. Yes, say that again, please. If the person is not sober, they cannot consent. Only an informed, sober, freely given, ongoing, enthusiastic yes is consent. The end. The end. Right? Again, for those who missed it, sexual activity without consent is sexual assault, period. And one thing we always say... Consent is mandatory. And the word no is a full sentence. That's a great way to end. Yes. Ooh, I like the power in that. I like the power in that. (laughs) Yep. And there it is, you guys. I mean, I almost can't believe it, but we are done for season one of the Baysack View. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, we are taking a hiatus until September. So we do encourage you guys to check out our other podcast episodes if you have not already. And as well as our awesome TikTok page. Okay, we mentioned in the last episode, we kind of went viral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit viral. And also on our website, there's there's a couple videos that we have there um, for teens to watch. You know, so it's, it's very good. It's, it's, um, catered to them. So that's at a uh, basic.ca and it's been a hoot. 
Miss Kayla. I'm going to miss chatting with you every week, Me but too. like you said, we will be back. We will be back. I hope everyone didn't get sick of us, but I really <laughs> enjoy doing this, Michelle. So thank you so much for being my PIC, my partner in crime. To our listeners, we hope everybody has a really wonderful summer. Uh, hopefully we can get out there a lot more than we were last year. Um, we definitely appreciate everybody who has listened and given us so many compliments and we just love you all. (laughs) Sure do. So until the fall, you guys have a wonderful summer and we will talk to you then. See you.